just getting into uh, what we've been um, touching in over this last couple of weeks and, and uh, in this series uh, we should all be left thanking the Lord uh, for the gospel of our salvation. Uh, we've been touching in on some truths that so often get sort of glossed over because we don't spend enough time to sort of really look at them in detail and this week, this last few weeks I should say, we've been looking at them. The truth of the word that sets us free. Amen. Uh, should be well and truly uh, something that, that keeps us uh, rejoicing. Um, you know, the fact that we've been set free from our bondage, you know, our own works, hallelujah, our own law-keeping, we've been set free. And even the filthiness of our own righteousness, set free. Something that we can um, uh, rejoice and be thankful for. And you now we're going to see today that the Lord has a way for us to stay free. I often reflect on uh, a, ma- a major transition time in, in my own walk and, and uh, a time with the, uh, uh, I should say, my own pathway in God where, where I uh, was encouraged by a friend sitting next to me, you should go down and get prayer. And, you know, I boldly went down uh, the front and, and uh, was amazed by the ministry that I received just as I tried to pour out my complaint to this pastor out the front of the church I thought he'd listen I started to get annoyed because I realized he wasn't listening and um, but what he was doing he was ministering in the spirit to me and uh, as I as I stood there with this with this um, growing annoyance he said well I believe the Lord wants me to pray for you and uh, I remember the impact of that prayer I was set free set free from something that had been built into my life through teaching. Okay, through wrong teaching. And been built into my life and it was on me like a spirit. And that pastor just knew how to just minister by the spirit and get that off my life. And I remember what he said to me as I gathered myself and pulled myself up off the ground. And he said, just stay free. And every time I saw him after that, he knew and I knew that something happened that day that was about me being set at liberty from that spirit that was on my life. It had bound me up. God wants us set free. And I maintain that as we continue as a people, make an atmosphere and and, and do all that we can individually to make a, a place for the spirit of God to move and touch lives and minister to others and bring transformation. That that's our job. Each each one of us individually is to you know support that atmosphere for the Lord to move as He feels and as He wants and set people free like I was that day. It was an eye opener. And every time I saw Him after that, He'd say, "Just stay free." And I'd say, "I know. It's wonderful. Just stay free." You know, He'd see He'd see me and just know. And uh, and I sometimes share about that experience, but. Getting a hold of the truth of the gospel, the good news, is the key to freedom and liberty that we're all called to. And uh, let's see what Jesus had to say about freedom. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 31 through to verse 36. It says, and then Jesus said to the Jews who believed, if you abide in me, in my word... Sorry, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth 
shall make you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, verse 34, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And here's Jesus talking about the status of those born again into God's house. It's, it's into the place of sonship, daughtership as well. We, we, we make that, that recognition. It's from the place of, and understand that, it's from the place of being maturing sons and daughters that we break free from slavery to sin. We begin to serve the Lord as servants of righteousness. Amen? We begin to come out and serve the Lord out of that rightful place of right standing with God. We begin to serve out of that heart. You know, that transition from sinner to saint is zip-zap that quick. Zip-zap. We're translated in a moment. Out of the Bible that says, out of the Bible, the Bible says, out of the kingdom of darkness. When we got saved, when we made Jesus Lord and Saviour, we were translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, and we're family. Brothers and sisters, in Christ. But then we learn to walk in the Spirit, which is the pathway to not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. That's the learning curve, okay? That's the part that we've got to get better at. And most are in that school. Most are in that learning and sometimes you have a little lapse, fail an exam, you know, because it's like a school, isn't it? We're ever learning and kind of, you know, keep working at it. It's a pathway to not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. And this is where the battle rages, or should. And I'll just add that bit. This is where the battle rages, or should, because there should be a toe-to-toe thing going on with between you know the spirit and the flesh. The Bible talks about them being at enmity with one another. Because in our freedom from sin, the believer should be busy serving righteousness, choosing to do the things that are pleasing in God's sight. Can I get an amen this morning? All sitting there looking like a bull at a new gate. This is the truth of the gospel, amen? You know, some of the detail that sometimes we hear, we hear the truth, but we don't hear the detail so much, and sometimes it's good to do a bit of study and let it get in. Some Christians have made the mistake of thinking, well, I'm forgiven, so it doesn't matter if I sin. Uh-uh-uh. Because in Christ I was set free from sin, so it doesn't matter anymore. I'm not going to ask for a hands up on that one, okay? Because... You would be zeroed in on uh, if you admitted to thinking such things. But look what the what, look what the apostle Paul tells the Romans. He asks the same question, really, in Romans chapter six and verse one. He says, "What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound?" And his answer is, "Certainly not." How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? At no point is there a permit given to a Christian to sin freely. 
like they're allowed to. Because of God's grace, God's unmerited favour, you know, not at all is that licence given. Is there a permit that you can go in and buy one of those and have it in your wallet like a little ticket that you go, well, I'm a Christian, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. (laughs) Nowhere do we get that. You can't sign up for that. It's not available. Just so you, if you're wondering about that, let's have a look. He says it again in the same chapter. Romans chapter 6 and verse 12, he says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of righteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members, that's your bits, okay, every part of you, your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. And just in case, you know, as I say, there's anyone thinking, but surely it's still okay just to, you know, like, have that little bit of sin on the side. You know what the little bit of sin on the side does? It's the, it, it is the leaven that leavens the whole lump. Amen? That's what it is. And work out what happens is you think you can get away with it. You think you can do that and it'll still be all right. And it's not all right because what happens, it's like putting a little bit of leaven, you know, and it's like it gets through everything, gets on everything. And, of course, we've got to get good at getting that out of our lives. He says it again, Romans chapter 6 and verse 15 to 18. What then shall we say? Sorry, what then? Shall we sin because we are no longer under law but under grace? Certainly not, he says it again. Do not, uh, sorry, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves uh, whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Notice it's talking about a pathway, you see. And you can sort of get this very, very fragile form of salvation that says, well, if I have got a, you know, an area where I've, I'm struggling, I love the Lord, love the Lord, and I'm still working in this area, that, you know, uh, uh, somehow I've lost my salvation. No, I, I, I personally don't hold with that. It's talking about whether of sin leading to death. So if you continue in that, I believe it's a pathway that leads you. It's the leaven that leavens the whole lump. It's a pathway that takes you away from God's plan and purpose, which is ultimately eternal life with him and it's a hard road it's a hardening road so i say you know don't miss church say well what's going to church got to do with it don't miss church because that's where you get built up and encouraged and it's the you know staying on the pathway that gets established in your life staying on the pathway staying you know on that track on that that pathway of life that the lord has set before us and not deviating And the Lord is good. You know, the Lord will bring people back. He'll bring people back when they start to deviate. And look what it says. It goes on and says it. uh, Yet you, uh, uh, sorry, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, talking about our past, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Notice it was, he's talking about from the heart you, you obeyed that. When you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth, you did that. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Receiving the gift of righteousness and, and serving righteousness 
I want you to understand are two different things. I'll say that again. Receiving the gift of righteousness and serving righteousness are two different things. Both are very valid, but they're two separate things. I'm blessed by believing Jesus died so that that I become uh, his righteousness. That's the gift of his righteousness. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.21, most of you would know that verse. I'm a new creation, etc. But serving righteousness means I let his new life in me be the outcome of that gift of righteousness. All right? We're sort of seeing that, yes, I've received it. We're looking at this last week. Yes, I'm saved, but I'm being saved. You know, I've been, I've been made holy, but there's also a work of holiness going on in my life. And I'm on the path. And I'm not perfect in it. And nor are you. But we're working on it. I've been perfected forever, you know, as we saw there in Hebrews last week. Letting that new life come out. You know, I start to live out of that gift of righteousness. I live my life out of my born-again spirit and not out of the lusts of the flesh. And, of course, Paul walks in his own revelation of what it is to serve righteousness. He sees it as having been crucified with Christ. He died and Christ now lives in him. That's the born-again spirit. How does Christ live in me? Through my born-again spirit. And we'll look at it. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. Look what he says. For if righteousness comes through the law, Christ died for nothing talking about our own works, talking about measuring ourselves up against the law. We spent a good week or so looking at that and recognising that that is what the scriptures say, is, is a, a, a fruitless uh, activity. We're not going to see what Christ living in us looks like. I should say, well, later on in this week, we are going to see what Christ living in us looks like. It doesn't look like judging your fellow believer. Because righteousness didn't come through the law. Get that? Righteousness in us doesn't look like us judging our fellow believer because righteousness doesn't come through the law. So if you're going to start judging your brothers and sisters, you're using the law to do it. You see? Starts to make a little bit of sense, doesn't it? Because what triumphs over judgment? Mercy. God wants us coming from that merciful place because he is doing exactly the same only a couple more scriptures to go this morning but Romans chapter 8 verse 3 to 4 it says for what the law could not do and in that it was weak through the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit listen to this notice we fulfill the righteous requirement of the law when we walk according to the spirit according to the born again spirit I'll say that again we fulfill the righteous requirement of the law when we walk according to the spirit because it's Christ in us amen 
Christ in us, the hope of glory. In fact, the Bible says that if we walk in the Spirit, this is the good bit, if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So for the person that's struggling, for the person who says, yeah, but I've got this happening and I'm always struggling, I always fall down in this area and I've got this habitual area of sin, you know, someone, you know, let's say, let's for, for example sake, just greedy, all right? When the, when the, when the food comes out, watch out. You, you know, anyone else, you're not going to get a piece because, you know, they've got a problem with greed and they... Let's just say that's the problem. And they've got that problem. They walk, you know, they're working with it. They know that they've got an issue and they, they've prayed about it and they still can't seem to get out of that, etc., etc. What do they do? Do they keep looking at the problem or do they get out of it by starting to look at the answer? It's really what the, what the scriptures are telling us here. If we walk in the spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, instead of focusing on that issue of greed and, and how you just can't seem to get enough and you, you know, etc., what you do is you move over to this area and say, I'm just going to walk in the spirit. I have self-control. I'm going to walk in the spirit of self-control today. I'm just going to let that fruit of the spirit just come out of my life. And the Bible says, if we'll walk in the spirit, will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So it's about activity. It's what you choose to concentrate on is the answer to get out of those areas where we, you know, and you sort of say, well, that's almost like renewing your mind. Exactly. That is renewing your mind. Because out of your mind, you make decisions, you make choices. You choose to do what's pleasing in God's sight. And also say, well, that's repentance as well. We choose not to do, we choose not to walk this way we choose to walk that way and as we do the bible says we're not going to and, and there's a power in it that's what i'm trying to encourage you this morning that, that there is a power when you do so those little those little areas you have to take some action you know we all want to come down the front and have someone lay hands on us and be great you know and sometimes that can happen you know Pray for me so I can be great, you know. And all those things and those problems, etc., etc., would just drop off my life and I'll never have to be troubled. Sometimes that can occur and there is deliverance, I believe. But other times we've got to work the word. We've got to start being doers of the word and not just hearers. Walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. is something that we should give ourselves to as an activity as believers. And what does that look like? If you're wondering what that looks like, good, because we ought to not be left guessing what that looks like. Serving righteousness looks like walking in the Spirit. And we have to understand also. And I'm going to finish with this scripture this morning. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. What does it look like? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, beg your pardon, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen.
And this is the new life that we're called to. This is where it starts to get good. This is where you start shining in the dark. And this is how we reach others too. They see the Spirit of God on the inside of us shining. Because we start to walk that out. We start to allow love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control be the thing that we're walking in. And all those other things start to drop off. You know, they start to go out of our lives. And it is a renewing of the mind. And look what it says in verse 24. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. These are behaviours of those who are determined to be spiritual. These are the outcomes of our new life walking in the spirit. If Jesus came to church next Sunday and sat on the front row and someone missed church that Sunday and asked what was he like, you know what the answer would be? It was, he was love. He was joy. He was peace. He was long-suffering. He was goodness. He was faithfulness. He was gentleness and self-control. That's what we would see. Because that's who he is in us. Amen? That new born-again spirit has those manifestations. Now, tell you what, church, you know, half the reason why we don't have a a problem with seating everybody this morning is because the church needs to shine with Jesus. And that's not a bumper sticker. I'm talking about, you know, or a a T-shirt that says Jesus loves me. That's the fruit of the Spirit being manifest in our lives as we choose to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It stands out. It makes us shine. And we're called to it. God calls it to us. And it is the moving on from sinner to saint, saint to servant. Because as we become that servant, we begin to serve righteousness. We start to walk in that gifting and, uh, and blessing that we received uh, when we became believers. Amen. Amen this morning. You know, and I want to just make an invitation this morning as we close. I might ask the worship team to come on up. I make an invitation this morning to anyone that's sitting here this morning who would say, I don't remember receiving that gift of righteousness. And you might be sitting here, you might have uh, been to church, you might have uh, had an experience with church that maybe wasn't even a great experience, you know. I heard someone say that they, they don't go to church because they've been. <laughs> you know, I hope they're not talking about our church when they, when they say something like that. But um, I want to... I want to make the invitation clear to anyone this morning that's, that's, that's here that says, you know, I never did receive that gift of righteousness and I'd like to because it's a gift that Jesus gives. It's not something you work for. And uh, that first gift of righteousness he, he gives. And, and the Bible t- tells about how he became our sin that we might become his righteousness. And this is that, that, that moment when you receive that gift. And we call it praying the prayer of salvation. We call it, you know, receiving Jesus. There's many, there's many, you know, praying the sinner's prayer as well. There's a few names for it. But if you've never received it, I want to encourage you today. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day in which you can receive that. 
And I encourage you to, to, uh, to ponder uh, whether or not you come down afterwards. Pray a simple prayer where we believe in the heart and we confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead. You know, you, you pray that and believe that in your heart. Something will happen. And you watch. It's precious, it's powerful, and it will change your life forever. Amen.